Alrighty. Um, well, many of the veterans of this church would probably know me better as a small thing headbutting your kneecaps. Um, but that's just because you're old and you don't remember the changes. Um, <laughs> so I've been coming to Canterbury Gardens pretty much all my life. There's still a video of my dedication ceremony with the old, old pastor and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so from a young age, I was uh, in places that let me hear about God. Um, I came to Sunday school. My parents, you know, were usually around. It got a little bit on and off later on. But for the majority of my, my young time, um, I was coming to church and hearing about God on a fairly regular basis. Um, but, you know, kids, they don't really understand always that, that message. Um, and I, I certainly didn't um, in, in my youth. Uh, so, you know, I heard a lot about God, but it didn't, it didn't ever really mean anything to me. Um, I got to high school, and between the, the pressures of, of puberty and trying to fit in and everything, God just kind of disappeared from my life. Um, as far as I was concerned, it, it, not even as far as I was concerned, it just didn't even occur to me that there was a higher power uh, looking down. And I kind of just lived my life like that. I, I just did what I wanted, um, and I just tried to fit in. Uh, once I got to, to the age of 15, um, I faced several challenges to that lack of belief. The first was uh, a series of events that led me to question the, the worldview that, that people like to put forth that explains the world without a God. And so the first stage here was I came to the point where I didn't believe that evolution could work. And that caused me, obviously, to question, well, if, if that's not how the world was created, we're all still here, so something happened. Um, and, and looking into it, um, I decided that, that for me the most logical explanation was the one presented in the Bible. Um, it made the most sense for me. The unfortunate part of coming to a very logical conclusion that God exists is that you have no concept of who God is. You know that there's a God and you know that he doesn't like it when people disobey him. But you don't you don't understand his love. Um, so I knew God as a creator, but I didn't know him as a savior. Uh, to, to complicate matters, it was about that time in my life when I discovered the great scourge of the modern age that is pornography. Um, this very quickly became a, a serious problem in my life, and I was, I was addicted. Um, the rest of my high school life was spent in this struggle knowing that I was doing the wrong thing but not knowing why I was doing it or how to fix it. Um, so as, as a result, um, I, I became quite an angry young man um, and I, was, I had a very poor opinion of myself. I was, I was striving alone and I was failing alone. 
Um, and that, that happened for pretty much all of high school. Once I finished high school, I, I decided that I didn't, really, um, I didn't really know where I was going, so I was going to take a gap year and just try and uh, sort of get myself on track. And it was early last year, a friend of mine, um, they came along and they convinced me to go with OAC. Some people might know OAC. They do a, a, a mission uh, during the Easter period up in Bright. Um, and so I went along. I went along last Easter to this to this mission um, where we shared with lots of uh, you know primary school age kids the word of God, going around to different caravan parks while they're all up having a holiday. Um, and it's it's ironic that sharing Jesus with kids in that really simplified, easy to understand fashion. Um, I started to truly understand things that I'd been taught uh, in church all my life, but that hadn't made sense to me. So after, after that weekend, uh, I was invited to the young adult small group, which uh, upon hearing that several of my friends were going along and not having a heap to do, I decided that sounded like a, a good idea. I went along, and I found there uh, a really a really natural, comfortable environment where God was talked about openly and, and really practically, which was something that I hadn't really felt coming to church all my life. Um, not that that's a, a knock on the church, but if you don't understand what they're talking about, it's um, hard to follow along sometimes. After a period of time uh, spent at this group, I became comfortable enough with, with some of the more experienced guys there to, to open up um, about the struggles that I'd been, I'd been facing, um, which was a significant, a significant turning point in, in my fight against temptation um, because they were able to provide a whole bunch of, of strategies that I hadn't thought of that might help. But more importantly, they, for the first time, helped me to understand that I wasn't alone. Um, that I wasn't the only person who struggled with that problem um, and that it was actually quite a, a widespread issue. That wasn't an easy thing to do um, because I was really ashamed of who I was and what I was doing and, and, I, and I didn't want people to know because I thought that they might think of me differently. Um, and so, frankly, I was about as scared as I am now. But they were really encouraging and, and really, really honest. And, and, and uh, <laughs> they provided a lot of really good, really, really good options for me to pursue. Uh, problem was, at that time, I wasn't fully committed. I was scared that if I did commit, I might, you know, I might fail again, and if that happened, where would I be? I was scared that um, if, if I peeled away this, this thing that had been the focus of, of the struggles of my life, what would I find underneath? I was scared of who I was underneath all that. 
basically, I wanted to be able to beat it with my own strength and my own will without having to sacrifice anything. Um, and so, despite having support and options, I still struggled. Eventually, I, I realized that that wasn't going to cut it. I wasn't going to be able to do it myself. And so I started looking into some of the more, uh, the more extreme, I suppose, solutions. Once I did that, I had uh, possibly the worst week of my life. The temptations that I felt that week and the strength uh, of of the of the desires that filled me were just beyond anything that I'd ever experienced. Uh, it it was so bad that I I couldn't I couldn't explain it uh, in relation to anything that I'd ever experienced before. I was I was at the very bottom of of where I'd ever been, and. Uh, it, it, it was so bad that I, I, couldn't, I couldn't explain it in earthly terms. And I realized that there must be something more going on here. Um, and this, this could have broken me. I could have caved under the wave of sin that I experienced that week. But instead, I, um, I found myself more determined than ever to finally beat this. Um, and so I committed... To, to giving up some of the, the comforts that I'd been holding on to that had stopped me from truly, truly giving in and letting, letting God fight the problem for me. That week changed my life as a Christian because I realized that, A, I can do nothing in my own strength and that if I rely on myself, I was doomed to fail. And B... To follow God and serve him obediently requires sacrifices. So it's been roughly, I don't know, two and a half months since that week. And my relationship with Christ has grown more than it did in all of the 19 years that preceded it. Um, Because it was only then that I truly yielded control of my life to Jesus. Uh, That's not to say that, that my problems have disappeared and that I am... (laughs) <laughs> cruising along through the wonders of a free of sin life but I know now that in the battles that I face ahead I have a king to follow who is in total control and whose vision I trust going to read the uh, two verses that we've chosen for you. Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in, in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And the other one is from Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, 
plans to give you hope and a future. Well, what a partnership. Interesting, isn't it? Did you hear the partnership in that whole story? It's fantastic. And the honesty uh, of the young man and also the encouragement uh, that we receive when somebody um, freely uh, in this safe environment here where people love the Lord uh, hear these stories and those who don't know Jesus uh, must be thinking, what is this? What is this? Why don't we continue with that theme? I'm going to ask Rachel to come and join us now. Florina, do you want to come up uh, with Rach? And I know Rachel has a number of people there today. I know Dan's here and the kids, which is great. Hi. <laughs> so I'm just, I've written everything out just so I can concentrate. Alright, so my mum and I moved to Australia when I was seven years old and God's hand was in that. Um, I grew up in a Christian household with the knowledge that a mighty God created the earth and sent his son to die on the cross for everyone. And at that young age of eight, with my mum's guidance, I gave my life to God by accepting and believing God's promises through his son. Uh, I continued my walk with God and I've never denied Jesus dying on the cross for my sin. But as I hit my teens and started to work the weekends... I, uh, I started to slowly drift from an active relationship with him. And at 17, I moved back to England to support my sister, who was having some health problems. But during my time there, I was also trying to find my identity and value through family and relationships. And I was also searching for happiness and contentment. Um, I couldn't find exactly what I wanted, and people didn't meet my expectations. It, continu- it continued to exasperate me. Why couldn't people do the right thing? Why were people's morals so wrong or not even existent? Um, And it continued to frustrate me and take over my life. Um, Then I met Dan, my husband, a loyal, caring, gentle breath of fresh air. So with that, you would imagine that I'd change, but my perspective on my family and life would evaporate, but it didn't. Um, I only grew more unhappy with myself and life that I turned into a massive control freak. Uh, an unhappy, never satisfied happiness junkie. Um, Daniel and I decided a life in Australia was calling us, so we moved back here together. And as we settled into the routine of my old life, an encouragement from my mum got me back into going to church again. Uh, it's been six years we've been back in Australia, but I'd say the last three since we've been coming to Canterbury Gardens that I've experienced a real relationship with a loving saviour. And even in that time, some real rubbish contact on my behalf. But the Lord continues to remind me that Jesus made us righteous through his death and our faith in his death and resurrection. Um, But I've struggled a lot with anxiety and I was constantly just, I don't know, like call my mum. I always call my mum. Mum, pray for me. Mum, I'm feeling anxious. Mum, help me. Mum, get your small group to pray for me. It was like my faith was through mum, or that mum's faith was mine too. But last year my mum was really unwell, and I knew I had to rely on God. I had to give him my whole self, and I actually had to give him all the control. I couldn't be everywhere, but he could. So last year I learnt what a real relationship with him was like. Although there were events I never want to experience again, God blessed and carried my family, and he blessed my relationship with him. 
Uh, Jesus is my saviour. He's perfect. He's merciful, never changing. He's trustworthy. He's my refuge. He's a great healer and lover of all sinners. And that's where my healing comes from and that's where my help comes from. So I can't exactly say um, when I gave my life to Jesus because I feel like I'm in a constant state of giving the control back, in a constant state of asking for forgiveness and changing my ungodly ways. But I'm so grateful and constantly in awe that Jesus died on the cross for me. And God keeps revealing his grace to me in so many different lights. Like I see Jesus in everything and I feel him in everything. Um, I just wanted to read, well, the verse I chose. I was, well, more than a verse. Romans 5. Um, So, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we now have, sorry, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Rachel, it has been an absolute joy getting to know you, but it's been so encouraging seeing how God is changing you and growing him to be more like Jesus. It's an absolute joy. I chose a verse firstly from Isaiah, chapter 12, verse 2, where Isaiah is saying, Surely God is my salvation. How good you can say that too. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defence. He has become my salvation. And from Romans chapter 15, verse 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.